You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Becky All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And how about we return to our thoughts opinions and takes from our last segment we had our power rankings ranking two through six of the nfl aaron how about you continue your list i mean i'd like to know more about jake hassan's heater uh that he's on with the ladies but uh maybe we'll get to that later (laughs) in the show so where did i leave off the bills 49ers and then dolphins but you were talking more about hating on the cowboys when you were discussing the dolphins oh yeah that that probably is what took up most of the time so i got the bills at four so (laughs) you and me flip-flop dolphins and bills so the bills i think are going to be a dangerous team in the playoffs they are hot right now they did give us a bit of a scare against the chargers didn't like that the turnovers are an issue but they're just so good that I think they can overcome it. I mean, that definitely is a wart for them. Josh Allen turning the ball over, but he's also playing like an MVP, 40 touchdowns, 27 passing, 13 rushing. He's a big reason why Buffalo has turned things around. At number five, listen, it wasn't pretty against the Giants, but just like the Niners, I'm not worried about the Eagles either. I noticed Ed didn't have the Eagles in his power rankings. Ed. Very funny that I have the Eagles in mine and he has the Cowboys in his. But uh, I still think this is a team that you're not going to want to face. A lot of these teams feel very even, like four through six. Like I think you could like interchange them and you're probably not wrong at this point. And at number six, the reason Joe Ostrowski is not on the show today, because he's vomiting. Because if you listen to the beginning of our show, he says the lion stuff makes him want to vomit. And so, Joe, in your honor, pour a little out for you. I have the lions (laughs) at number six. The lion stuff did crack my top six. Dan Campbell and crew secured their first NFC North title in 30 years. Will this be a letdown spot this week after they celebrated like they won the Super Bowl? Maybe, but I do think this is a complete Lions team. They've been building towards this, and I love what I see from them. So, Niners, Dolphins, Bills, Eagles, Lions. I thought it was interesting. We had the same number two Niners. Like I said, Bills, Mm -hmm. Dolphins flip-flopped. I had the Chiefs, or sorry, you had the Chiefs, I mean, at five. I did not Mm -hmm. include the Chiefs or the Cowboys. Where would you have, like, number seven uh, or number eight? Which teams might you have, like, just outside of this top six? Chiefs, Cowboys. I mean, the thing is, I just still don't believe in the Cowboys, like, come playoff time, so... 
it, the funny thing, though, is, like, they're probably going to get matched up with what? The Buccaneers? Like, uh, I was uh, looking at, uh, I think it's NFL Star or uh, my buddy Tom, uh, who sort of put together, like, likeliest uh, playoff matchups uh, in the wild card round, things like that. And right now, the likeliest matchup of all of them would be the Cowboys at the Buccaneers. And it's one of those things where even though we have reason not to trust Dallas because of recent playoff history – you still like them in that matchup, right? Like, they could go well, into Tampa Bay Cowboys, just like they did last year. Can they, though? Because the Cowboys, I like Cowboys at home. They're a different team. Mm-hmm. Cowboys at anywhere, insert team, <laughs> scares me. <laughs> I, they're not as good. I agree with you there. Certainly, uh, you know, they, they get on their own turf, and certainly they're a very different football team. But I do wonder, though, like, are there matchups? Is there a path for them to finally put this playoff schneid to bed? That's going to be the interesting question. Like, is, is there the a way they can maneuver question. around? Yeah, it is. Like, is there a way to maneuver around all of this stuff? Or are they just going to end up with the exact same playoff path like they did last year and they have more to prove? And yeah, they're a different football team, but still. Like it, it's looking likelier and likelier. Like it's at Tampa Bay and then at the 49ers once again, because that's just how it works. Yeah. This week will be interesting with the lions too. We'll get to that. I'm sure, but I can't wait for that matchup. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on now to awards talk and let's begin with most valuable player and how to bet into this market. So Lamar Jackson is the clear favorite right now to win MVP at minus 185 per bet MGM. Christian McCaffrey has the second shortest odds at plus 425. Then you've got two at 10 to one Brock Purdy, 12 to one. Josh Allen at 14 to 1. As far as the top of the board, is there anything that stands out to you? Or do you still feel like that with two games left, somebody can vault all the way up to the top? Yeah, I do, actually. And I think it's Josh Allen. If anyone can do it, I don't think, I think we can scratch McCaffrey off. I still think this is an MVP award. And no matter who you listen to, I've heard arguments that Debo's the MVP, Brock's the MVP, CMC's the MVP, Trent's the MVP. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. How can you have five MVPs on the same team? I think they all end up canceling each other out. So if you're going to look for value. A negative times a negative as a possible. Exactly. 14 to 1, Josh Allen is a guy that they'd have to win out. Um, Perhaps we'll see his odds shortening. um, But it feels like Lamar's now. I mean, Lamar would really have to do a lot or get injured to lose this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's something where I don't want to sound like a mima bird here, but I thought uh, Robbie Greer on Twitter put it really, really well when he said that the MVP award is like a hot potato. I mentioned that we were talking <laughs> about Dak Prescott highly. It is, though. It, it really is a hot potato here because we were talking about Dak Prescott not that long ago. We were talking about Pat Mahomes even before then. So it was like Mahomes, and then Jalen Hurts was super-duper popular for a long time because the Eagles were undefeated, had the one seed in the NFC seemingly wrapped up, and now they don't. So it went from Mahomes to Hurts to Dak to Brock Purdy, now Lamar Jackson. Well, guess what? Lamar gets the Dolphins in Week 17. What if they lose that game? What if Tua goes nuts? Like, maybe now he is the odds-on favorite. Well, guess what? The Dolphins play the Bills in Week 18. 
What if Josh Allen beats them? What if the Bills win the division because Josh Allen goes nuclear? I completely yep. agree with you. I think if there is someone who's not saying the top three, I would go with Josh Allen at 14 to 1 at BetMGM just because I think he has the most opportunities and the biggest spotlight to showcase what he can do. And the fact that this defense has been so bad for so long with so many injuries and they can still get a wild card spot and heck, maybe even the AFC East and doing it against a really good Dolphins team. If Josh Allen can overcome all of that, I have to believe that voters are going to pay attention to it. Okay, so does the MVP have to have the one seed? I don't think this they year. have to. Yeah. Not this year, I, no. But I do I think they have either. to be high up. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, they're not that far off, you know, the Bills are. I mean, it's possible. I just think it maybe they got too late of a start. Like, it's great, you know, if you want to win a Super Bowl, but I don't know if there's enough time for Josh Allen. But – I still think there's a lot of value on him. His odds should probably be more like eight to one right now. Right. I, I, I think so too. And that's kind of how this game is being played. Right. Uh, I'm just looking at, uh, you know, to answer your question as far as like, okay, let's say the bills, you know, if there is some path for a non one seed quarterback to win this thing, I'm just looking at the New York times playoff predicting machine here. Uh, what about mm-hmm. a two seed? What if the Bills wind up with a two seed? Well, if they beat the Patriots and the Dolphins, then according to this device, uh, there's a 61% chance for the Bills to get the two seed. Given everything that they have had to endure, Josh Allen will have way better counting stats than Lamar Jackson. I would argue uh, a way better hashtag narrative because the defense has been bad, had to fire the offensive coordinator, had to kind of redo that offense a good bit. (sighs) Uh, I don't think Stefan Diggs is necessarily in the same conversation as Tyree Kill and other elite receivers. You went all of these things up, and Josh Allen was able to, able to overcome all of these things to get to the two seed in the AFC. I, I think there's some great value here. It's, it's going to be tough. So this week, you got a division game against the Patriots. And the fact that the Bills had that scare against the Chargers, <laughs> they've got to limit the turnovers against this Patriots defense, who has been right. playing a lot better. And it's a division game, so you know it's going to be competitive. It, that That's going to be interesting. And then they've got, what, the Dolphins? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Dolphins. Yeah. So. Exactly right. And I also think there is the question, as I was mentioning earlier, how well can Josh Allen and this offense adjust against a team that they have faced already? If they can, then great. Okay, that's just another check mark in, in Josh Allen's pro column. So there are enough things to me for me to believe that, yeah, he has enough potential and enough possibilities. Like Dak Prescott doesn't have those opportunities, right? Like, yeah, beats the Lions on Saturday night. That's great for him. But then Washington in week 18, like he may have a fantastic performance, but I don't know if that's going to move the needle necessarily. I don't know if Brock Purdy has those opportunities. I don't think Christian McCaffrey does at all. I completely agree with you that it is going to be a quarterback. Like you, you don't just give it to a running back because he plays for a really good offense. Like, Lamar Jackson checks more boxes that way, and he's more important to that team. 
Uh, but in terms of who can have those opportunities, absolutely, I think Josh Allen is the guy, no doubt about it. And I think also, like, the Lamar case, like, him playing the Dolphins, too. Like, both mm-hmm. both Josh Allen and Lamar have some key games to prove themselves as the MVP, where, as you were saying, there are some players who really don't. Like, Dak playing the Commanders? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that That's not really going to be impressive. And then, uh, also, the Ravens, they finished the season against Pittsburgh. And so that'll be interesting because, you know, what will they have to play for? There's even been like, oh, you know, the Steelers need a different voice in the locker room. Like Mike Tomlin, with his ego, he's not going to want to just lay down in that game. Right. No doubt about it. Like whether they're in it or not, you know, the Steelers are going to be fighting. And, you know, also too, like if, if the reports are true that Mike Tomlin could get traded or he's trying to, you know, keep his job or whatever, then absolutely you're trying to win week 18 games. And that's really mm-hmm. important uh, when we get to that point in terms of figuring out like who, who can play spoiler, who wants to play spoiler and who yes. won't be doing any of those things that involves a lot of deciphering. And I know we'll be uh, doing some, you know, very in-depth research as far as that's concerned. Uh, How about we move on now to comeback player of the year? And I hate that Paul isn't here today to where you can imbue even more anxiety on his DeMar Hamlin ticket, uh, because it is one of my favorite interactions to see on BetQL Daily is you trying to make Paul nervous about that bet. (laughs) Uh, and just, and then him trying to defend, no, actually it was a <laughs> worthwhile investment. I got it at a good number. And then he starts to sweat. Uh, I think like he hammered it though. I think that's why yeah. he's sweating so much. I do believe this might be the most he's bet on anything. I think. So oh, speaking no. of which, at what yeah. point do I let Paul know that I'm in on Flacco and Baker? Cause I oh! told him. Yeah. <laughs> You haven't. Okay. All right. Let's. All right. Let's talk this through. I think. Let's see. I would do next it next week when we do futures. Well, Demar Hamlin well has it as it wrapped up. Like I, it has to be this week, right? Like Paul gets back tomorrow. Is that is that correct? Yes. Okay. As far so as I know, I would probably, I would do it at a point when like he's very serious. And, you know, sort of really getting into some sort of argument. Like I almost feel like it needs to be a bit of a setup where one of us says something, you know, in, in conversation, like it can't be obvious, but like something where like we disparage the Jaguars or something like that. And then he makes his case, you know, with some real fortitude and rigor. And then you just drop it on him right then. And, there. and then I just say L plus ratio plus comeback. Oh, yes. I think that's how Makes that sense. works. Yeah, because also remember how someone had suggested that they name comeback player of the year after DeMar Hamlin? But wouldn't that be weird if he didn't actually win it too? Like you name right. it after him, but he didn't win it? Like So I did I, see I theories about a new award or that, and this is not just Twitter speculation. I've been but, saying a new award this whole time. He should just get his own award. Well, I also saw a lot of people saying he's just going to get the Ed Block Courage Award, and that'll be it, and it'll just be done with. Oh, lame. That'd be super lame. By the way, Hamlin minus 450, uh, you know, big favorite to win this honor. Uh, Joe Flacco, 4-1. to one, Baker Mayfield, 10-1. to one. I do think that Mayfield 
uh, does have some real value here because if you look at how many games uh, comeback player of the year winners have played over the last few years, Alex Smith is the only one over the last five who's only played like half the season. Joe Flacco's played a good bit less than that. Meanwhile, Mayfield has played the entire year. I think that's reason enough to believe in his chances, Aaron. Also, like, they've catered the whole offense to Flacco. This isn't a running team anymore. Like, this is Flacco's mm-hmm. team. I love it. Team Flacco, so, let's go. Right. This is Back <laughs> All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Brad Spielberger of PFF. We might have to ask him about Comeback Player of the Year as well. We'll talk about everything he's seen in the NFL and what he likes for MVP right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to Make You All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now, as he does each and every Wednesday, is Brad Spielberger of PFF. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. So here's a random thought that I have for you. A bit of a data science question, but definitely more of a PFF question. So when we're talking about, say, power ranking the best teams in the NFL and power ranking the best offenses, I wonder if the exercise is as simple as grading the left tackles because when I look at uh you guys's grades I look at Trent Williams at the top of this list I see Tyron Smith up there as well certainly Dak Prescott is not the same quarterback when he doesn't have Tyron Smith taking care of him but I wonder in terms of figuring out which playoff teams can be the scariest I see Jordan Mailata here as well uh in the top say three or four in terms of left tackles is it just that simple it would be beautiful if it was, right? Our jobs would be a whole lot easier if that, that's all it took. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting thought because obviously then you you think to uh, Miami has Tron Armstead in and out of the lineup. When he plays, it's great. When he doesn't, it, it complicates matters. Uh, Baltimore, the same thing with Ronnie Stanley in and out of the lineup. They're, they're kind of swapping him with Patrick McCarry. So, look, the protection does matter, I think, even more come playoff time where if you are down, you're going to want to hold the ball longer uh, and see if you can connect on some more downfield passing been a big problem in Kansas City is their poor tackle play on both sides of the line not just left tackle we talk a lot about the drops and the you know the 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 lack of depth of target for their their offense but it's as much in my opinion about their poor tackle play as it is the fact they don't have receivers that can win at the intermediate and deep parts of the field so long answer short uh it certainly does matter a whole lot there are some phenomenal pass rushers that are going to be in the playoffs on both sides of the aisle and yeah, it's either having great protection or which coaches can scheme around it and can coach around that deficiency, which has been your McDaniels, your Shanahan's, your McVeigh's. Um, but yeah, that pass protection is going to be paramount uh, in a month or so. Well, I guess that leads me into the MVP question with Trent Williams injured. We saw not the best performance from Brock Purdy, a few interceptions, and it wasn't even halftime yet. And so then we see things really shift and change in the MVP market, which has already been a very interesting market all season long. If you had to place a bet today, where would you go? So you probably or hopefully got a Lamar ticket last week, and we kind of talked about, hey, just bet on the, the primetime game, a head-to-head matchup, uh, the other quarterback in that game. It was plus 650, I think, when we spoke. And it's, yeah, if you're going to bet it, maybe him, maybe sprinkle on a Josh Allen. 
If I'm gonna bet today, I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm betting Tua Tagovailoa at ten to one and hoping that he has you know a three touchdown outing against Baltimore and maybe Lamar Jackson struggles against Vic Fangio's Dolphins defense that has played a whole lot better the last couple of weeks. Um, and then you see the market flip in the same manner it just did. I think that's kind of the only way to play it right now. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's it's been more open ended. You know, I feel like by now. In the NFL calendar, we usually have a pretty darn good idea of who it's going to be. It doesn't seem that way right now. Yeah, I think uh, Robbie Greer, our friend on Twitter, uh, referred to it as a game of hot potato in terms of who's going to win this MVP honor. It definitely feels that way. And guess what? Josh Allen plays the Dolphins in Week 18. And if maybe some folks want to place a bet on it or at least start to think about that contest in terms of division, you know, standings and futures and things like that, do you feel like that the Bills, in terms of the skill sets that they have for that game and going into the playoffs, do you feel like that they are more than capable of adjusting to teams that they have played before? Yeah, I do. I do. The, the interesting thing right now with this recent Joe Brady offense, and I, I don't know if I would say it's a good thing necessarily, but it's so, so different, is that they've been playing a very different style of football, running the ball way more often with James Cook between the tackles, <laughs> Um, you know, just taking the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. Stephon Diggs hasn't really done anything in like six weeks quietly. Gabe Davis <laughs> went four of six games with zero catches and then had one of his patented like, you know, zero, one catch, zero, zero, and then goes for 125 yards uh, as he's known to do. So they, they, they can win in different ways. And now with both tight ends healthy too, you're getting back to a lot more 12 personnel with Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox, a focal point of the offense. So long answer short, like I do think they can on a week-to-week basis, depending on the opponent, do different things, approach the game differently, and highlight specific players based on the matchups they have. I think they are very capable of doing so. We just did our power rankings and uh, we did two through six because we both agreed on the Ravens. Well, we also agreed on Niners at two, but then there was some discrepancy uh, four through six. I did not put the Chiefs in mind, but I'm curious how you rate this Chiefs team. Yeah, I mean, I understand why you wouldn't. They've obviously been a bit uninspiring the last couple of weeks. Um, more than that, honestly, the last like two months, uh, one could argue. And, you know, we just talked about that they are not only – it's not just the receivers. Everyone seems to keep highlighting that over and over again. Um, I think their pass protection is not good enough. And Travis Kelsey, obviously a legend. He's just – he's not the same guy this year. So I'd probably still uh, – let's run through this. I'd probably still put them in the in the conversation. So let's see. Three right now – I. Probably go Miami. Uh, four, mm-hmm. I'm going to go Buffalo. And then I think five, six, seven is some order of Dallas, Philly, uh, Kansas City. I'll, I'll go that order. I'll go Dallas, Philly, Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And then you got your Detroits and whatnot right after that. But, yeah, I hear you where Kansas City is is not a top five right now. Um, they have real issues. It, it's like we keep waiting for that to fix, and it's just, it's just not mm-hmm. coming. Notice, Aaron, that Dallas was ahead of. Philly in those power rankings. Well, he he didn't mention the Eagles in there too. Uh and also I had the same as him, the Dolphins and Bills in that order. Yes. Well he was very (laughs) close. I have Bills over Dolphins. We're we're talking about hundredth of a point in my power rankings. Like it's not that Yeah, margin of error, boys and girls. Confidence intervals, I get stuff. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Saturday night. And yes, there's a Saturday night NFL game for those still trying to keep up with schedules. Uh, 
Cowboys are six-point favorites at home going up against the Detroit Lions. Yes, the Lions also play indoors for their home ballpark. Uh, but I do wonder how much of this line has to do with believing that, okay, when the Cowboys are at home, then they can play like a top three, top two team in the NFL. It's just when they're on the road, the timing is bad, especially when they don't have Tyron Smith. That's certainly a problem. What do you think as far as uh, Cowboys and Lions, how this game will play out? Yeah, I think there probably is some of that reflected in the spread here. Um, I think it's too many points. Uh, you know, Detroit on the road also probably looks similarly, but it's in a dome. So there aren't the issues that come with Jared Goff playing in inclement weather, um, it, which are real. It's not, you know, some, I think at this point it's a large enough sample size that we can take something from that. But the biggest thing for me is the Detroit Lions are a top five football team in the NFL at running between the tackles. And again, we have enough of a sample here. What I'm mentioning now is 200 plus rushing attempts for every team. And the Cowboys are really, really bad at defending the run between the tackles. They're actually not that bad outside. Um, and you saw in the Miami game, like they were okay on some of those runs to the edge, which they like to do a ton. But the Lions, with Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, they want to run down your throat. And they want to attack you between the tackles up the middle. That's where the issues with, you know, the Mozzie Smith not coming along super fast as a first-round rookie, losing Jonathan Hankins, etc. And then, of course, the second-level defenders – that's actually been the bigger running defense issue, and that I think is going to be a problem. So I think Dallas probably still finds a way to win, um, but I, I think six points is just too much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Money here. Yeah, I think the Lions, with their ability to run the ball, hopefully can keep this one close. Let's go to Thursday night football. This was at six and a half now already at seven and a half. The Browns' defense should be able to just annihilate Trevor Simeon, right? Like, what are the Jets going to do here? The, I love the Flacco stuff, just what he's been able to do, rooting for him. However, what does concern me is he's had five interceptions in his last two games. So what do you like in this matchup? Yeah, this will be the snippet, the soundbite that either play to make fun of me next week or you play to make me look like a genius next week when I come on. The <laughs> Browns defense, yeah, yeah, nothing in between. The Browns defense is not the best defense in this matchup. It is the New York Jets defense. And I think that as fun as the Joe Flacco experience has been, and it's been amazing, uh, and the Amari Cooper performance was preposterous this past week, um, I, I think this is way too many points. Like I made this a five, five and a half spread. Um, you know, and even I felt like I was kind of going a little bit strongly because of a Thursday. I said, oh, maybe I should do four and a half. And I see it come out, like you said, near a touchdown, now crosses a touchdown. At the same time, yes, the Browns defense is also going to shut down Trevor Simeon uh, and this Jets defense. I have no question about that. But I think it's going to be an extremely low-scoring game. And this Jets defense is going to turn Joe Flacco over multiple, multiple times. They're not going to let him get in some more favorable situations, um, you know, with a lot of the play action stuff, it's been working. He's been weirdly kind of mobile and, and elusive at times. That's just, that's not going to cut it against this Jets defense. And the last piece is they're kind of scrambling to find a kicker right now. That little intricacy could come in. You miss an extra point. You miss a field goal. You, you don't trust taking a field goal. Maybe if you're at 50 plus and it kind of swings a drive. 
Um, I, I just think this is way too many points for uh, the Cleveland Browns. He's Brad Spielberger, PFF, here on BetQL Daily, as he is each and every Wednesday. You know, it's interesting. Something that kind of even grinds my gears a little bit is when some folks talk about how teams are tanking, like midway through the season or week 10 or something like that. Whenever I've looked into it, it's usually around now or maybe week 18 when teams start to consider the possibility of losing games on purpose in terms of, you know, having backup personnel and things like that. Do you see it that way? Do you feel like week 17 is around that time and we need to start to use the tanking word to describe uh, some of these losers? And if that's the case, are there some bets that we can place to capitalize on this idea? Yeah, I do. We have a running bit uh, that we say way too early that I think people don't realize we're being ironic. Uh, Like we talked about Bill (laughs) Belichick like six weeks ago. I'm like, guys, Bill Belichick's not losing games on purpose, but uh, it looked that way uh, at times. So (laughs) I agree with you. I I think that, when it comes to this point of the season, every single thing is off the table uh, in terms of playoffs, things of that nature. You still, it's very rare, but the biggest one probably is just, hey, we want to get a look at this quarterback and see what we have there. And it's like, okay, Eagles, I think you know what Nate Sudfeld is, but here's Devontae Smith. <laughs> Enjoy the, the top 10 pick that you get by losing to Washington. Um, you know, it's a very specific example, but I think the most clear example of tanking may be in the history of the NFL. So, the, the one team to me that I, I no longer wonder uh, or I no longer believe is trying to win games is the Washington Commanders. Um, you know, you fire <laughs> oh, a bunch man. of coordinators, but you let Ron Rivera see the whole thing through, which, you know, I get. I, I guess he's kind of carried the franchise through some tough times. But, I mean, he looks uninspired. He looks completely checked out. The team looks checked out. The, the veteran defenders don't want to be there. Jonathan Allen strikes me as a trade candidate. The, the receiver, I mean, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson aren't doing a whole lot. Like, it's just, I don't think anyone wants to be there and is trying to get out of there. So it's a massive spread against a Niners team that's coming off, obviously, a tough loss. Um, but but I think that's one to keep an eye on. It's a good thought, though. Like, if you can maybe, maybe watch during the game and see the, the, the emotion or the body language that guys have, maybe look at for some live angles. Um, but I would agree, it's, it's like this week and next week when it really, you see a check-in. Because at the end of the day, there are still a lot of people trying to keep their jobs, trying to get new contracts next year, uh, maybe from other teams, uh, ideally for them. Um, But yeah, there are some spots you can probably pick and choose. Yeah, or even like the Raiders, like even if they don't have much to play for, those players I think want to get Antonio Pierce the job, whereas I think the Commanders players collectively pretty much hate Ron Rivera. They're not trying to help that guy get anything at this point, except out of the building. Uh, We talked about too many points with the Browns. What are we doing with the Bills? Minus 12? What is this? Like, against the Patriots in this defense, and then you've got Josh Allen and the turnovers? What are you doing here? That's the thing, right? We talked about with Joe Brady, and another winning games, well, the intervention fallacy, and think he's come in and, like, fix this this Bills offense. It's been, frankly, less efficient than it was uh, with Ken Dorsey. (laughs) And and look, yeah, maybe they've they've won more time possession. They've sustained some longer drives. I I get all that. But it really hasn't, uh, on the sum of its parts, been a better, quote-unquote, offense. You saw the Chargers talk about a team that quit on their coach. Uh, You know, they, they couldn't really do a whole lot against that defense they gave up 63 points to the Raiders and Aiden O'Connell the week prior. So it probably is too many points. This is a Patriots defense that really flying under the radar is playing phenomenal football. Mm-hmm. Christian Barmore has been a revelation the last couple of weeks. Even some kind of ancillary players like putting Anthony Jennings as their kind of run defending right defensive end. Like all these various things they're doing. Um, it's just Bill Belichick. Look, is he, a head co- is he a great head coach anymore? 
maybe he's not as good as he once was. Is he a bad GM? Sure. He is still probably the best defensive coordinator in football. Um, that probably is too many points, too. I'm staying away personally, but I certainly see yeah. uh, the angle of, hey, the Bills are not going to cover a 12-point spread right now. Got about a minute to go. Any other bets for this week you like? Yes. So I wanted to bring in a prop bet this week, uh, and that is CeeDee Lamb over seven and a half receptions uh, against the Detroit Lions. They are one of the worst teams in the NFL at defending the slot. Uh, we've talked about that at a couple different angles. Philly struggles with it. The Chargers certainly struggled with it. Uh, and the Lions are right up there. Bottom three in both uh, you know, EPA per dropback, success rate, and also just traditional stats, like just receptions, yards, uh, their bottom five, and all those categories uh, against players that are lined up in the slot. We know CeeDee's going to play about half his snaps there. Even if he plays out wide, I, I don't like a matchup with the Cameron Sutton. With, with some of the outside corners they do have, CeeDee is still much better than those guys. So I think it's going to be high scoring. I mean, Detroit is going to score like I talked about, and I therefore think Dallas is going to be throwing the football pretty much all four quarters, feeling the desire to move the ball through the air, um, and, and I think they will throw to him a, a great deal. So give me CeeDee Lamb over seven and a half. I like it. I like it. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Happy New Year to new and yours. Thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, let's go or hell no, right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And it is Wednesday during our holiday stretch. So how about celebrating all of the festivities and holidays and wonderful spirits that we all have and are all sharing with an installment of Let's Go or Hell No. And to guide us along this journey is none other than our fill-in producer and the man who got the same gift from two of his girlfriends, Jake Hassan. Easy, chill, easy, relax with the titles. Relax, we're not not doing that. Uh, Anyway, hey, what's up? I'm Paul Aspen. No, you're not. Maybe we're just going to call myself Paul Aspen. No, 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 it's great to be here. I wish I love Tiger. Speaking of speaking of Tiger, the big dog memes are still funny. They're still funny. I laugh so hard. They're so great. I I think my favorite might be the one uh, what the ancient Greeks call the guardian of the river Styx. That was good. Uh, or anyone that's like Clifford related, also good. Yes. <laughs> I saw one that was like when you go to your girlfriend's parents and you see her dad who you've met eight times and you still don't remember his name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, one of the Christmas family ones. But the timing was particularly good uh, as far as that one being unveiled. But yeah, I mean, they, they've been, they're still clutch. No, I love no that. About it. Not over, yes. not uh, overhyped yet. Overplayed. Overhyped, overplayed. Yeah, whatever. Oh, anyway, yeah. let's go or yeah. hell no because, you know, it's holiday week and Paul's not here. So filler segment. 
Um, first one, we do have a couple holiday ones to round it out, so we'll breeze through these actually, you know, serious ones, quote unquote, first. Uh, first one, hell no or let's go. Josh Allen, live for MVPs, 14 to 1 at MGM right now. Bill's on a three game win streak. He has 14 touchdowns over his last five games. Hell no or let's go. Josh Allen, MVP. Let's go. I think there's, so you're saying there's a chance. I still think, Mm -hmm. you know, because this market, we've seen a different favorite, what seems like every week that why not? I loved what Brad had to say last segment about the MVP and his approach to betting it, his advice. I would take the value at 14 to one on Josh Allen. I'm not sure the market really knows how to set up some of these numbers in terms of like after the first two individuals, uh, because 14 to one seems rather odd and rather long for someone who's you look at their EPA numbers. Josh Allen has been just fantastic, you know, throughout the season. And at some point you do need to win the statistical contest as well as the wins and losses contest that actually occurs on Sundays. So in that respect, I think Josh Allen, his numbers should be way, way shorter than this. So just by hashtag value alone, let's go. All right. Uh, Moving on Super Bowl contenders or maybe not. Mm Uh, let's go or hell no. The 49ers should still be the favorites for the Super Bowl. They're plus 240 at MGM right now, despite getting smoked by the Ravens on Monday night. Probably not. I, I don't know why they are the favorites, but I, well, it's not. Let's I go or it, probably I'll... not, Aaron. It's let's go or hell no. Wow. Calling her out. Should they be the favorites? What is right now? Or yeah, right. And so you're talking about right now. Mm, I'll say hell no. I'll say hell no. I just think there's too much parody and there's a lot of teams that are very close. You know, a lot of teams have looked vulnerable and with Trent Williams injured, we just don't know. I'm sure he'll play. It's a groin situation, but uh, there's other teams that I would bet on not enough value here. I would actually go let's go in this one just because I think the path for the 49ers is way easier. Like if the 49ers uh, were the exact same team but just so happened to play in the AFC, oh no, hell no, not at all. But who are the real contenders in the NFC right now? Who could go into the Bay Area and knock off the 49ers? Like to me, I think the Cowboys could still very well be the second best team in the NFC problem is like the history the recent history is really really bad for them and I don't think they can go over there and uh, win a football game at least not yet anyway uh the Eagles no chance whatsoever Detroit like yeah they're a cool story bro but I don't necessarily like where they are there's not another NFC contender I think can truly challenge the 49ers if that's the case they get to the Super Bowl and at minimum it's a coin flip so let's go in their their number right now well, yeah, if you don't like their path, if they were in the AFC, then why would you want them for the Super Bowl? That's how I see it. Once they get to the Super Bowl, then there's a lot of teams that could kick their ass. So no I, for the Super Bowl for me. But see, I, I think the Ravens obviously did, sure. But after that, I don't know. Like, this could be a year where it's a random team that just happens to be healthier uh, that comes out of the AFC. And if that's the case... Like, let's say it's the Browns or someone like that. 
like can Joe Flacco beat the 49ers? I I don't know. Like I mean it would it would be interesting, but I think getting there and not getting tripped up along the way, I think that's why the 49ers have a short number. It makes sense to me and I don't think it's a terrible bet. Not a great one, but it's more of a let's go because Jake wants us to be emphatic. Exactly. We need some oomph here. Speaking of the Browns and the scenario where the AFC cannibalizes itself, the Browns to do literally anything, 50 to one for the Super Bowl, 20 to one for the conference, just to get to the Super Bowl, any interest in the Browns to do anything in the playoffs or do they just fall flat? Let's go. Joe Flacco in the Super Bowl. I love it. We talked about, the Browns and how there was value on them in early December. And that's when I bet them at 60 to one to win the Super Bowl, mostly because of the value five bucks to win over 300. Yeah, let's go, baby. <laughs> Conference winners at 20 to one. I like that a lot. Uh, I would say let's go on that one. If for no other reason, I, look, they have the number one defense, right? Like they'll have the number one defense in terms of the AFC picture. That's going to mean something. And as long as they can keep, uh, you know, Garrett and Ward and all those guys healthy enough, then this could be a defense first kind of playoff run. And this happens every few years. So if that happens again here, the Browns have the best defense 20 to one. I like that hashtag value. Mm -hmm. All right. I have a feeling I know what the answer is going to be here, but just for funsies, both Rookie of the Year awards are all but finished. Stroud, minus 800 at MGM. Jalen Carter, minus 10,000. She whiz. Wait, so Good what's grief. the let's go? Like, to bet it now or that it's that, No, up? that it's just over. Yeah, that there's no, no hashtag okay. value, nothing to do. Agreed. Let's go. Not interested. Great question, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's easy. So it's just like a little, a little quick question, just to make sure we're all on the same page. Yeah. Make sure we're all aligned and coalesced today. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Just an easy one. Just really, <laughs> yeah, I should have exactly. made it the first one. Knock the rust off. Get everyone quick, easy start. Bad producing on my part. Buried in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. We'll, we'll uh, put that in the one post NBA show one to get us ready later. for. Uh, one one NBA to get us ready for Rick Camp at the top of the hour. Are you buying the Grizzlies with Ja back? Grizzlies are four and zero since he returned. They are currently at MGM thirteen to one for the division, plus three twenty five to make the playoffs, fifty to one for the conference, one twenty five to one for the finals. Gosh, there's a lot of value in all of these markets on them. I like to make the playoffs a plus three twenty five. I've got to look at the division one, but at thirteen to one, that seems like a play as well. I'm not sure if I want to uh, invest in conference or finals just yet. Yeah, the the thing with like conference and finals is that it really takes away all of the instability. Like the best team in the Western Conference the Denver Nuggets in all likelihood, maybe the Bucks have an argument as well, but they're already showing us enough there. Like, I don't really think we thought Memphis with Ja would be in contention for these things anyway. So I don't necessarily like those numbers. I, I want them to be even longer. And then when it comes to the playoffs, like it was plus 840 after that first win over the Pelicans. Now it's down to plus 325. We have overreacted to Ja Morant's return. I don't like any of these bets. Hell no. All right, round it out with some fun ones. 
Hell no or let's go gift cards as Christmas gifts. They don't you don't ask for the gift card. You don't ask for a specific place. You just receive it. Just regular to anywhere, random. This is a tough one. I'll say let's go because some people be giving out some bad gifts like that you just don't even want. So at least, at least with a gift card, you have some more options. The the answer is hell no, because you need to personalize the gifts you are giving. You need to find something that they care about. For instance, one of my buddies... Uh, one of my, oh yes, you do. One of my buddies uh, knows I'm a big baseball guy. And uh, even though I do a ton of stuff with the angels, he still wants me to remember where I came from. And so he got me this Texas Hell Rangers yeah. World Series champion shirt uh, that you can see on Twitch and YouTube right now. And I really appreciate that. I do need to remember where I came from and congratulations to the Rangers. And now I can wear that shirt every now and again. So I need I to know what Hawk that. got up to get. Hawk got up during that to get a prop. So I need to know what is, this is about to I be. I actually wasn't even planning this, but it, here's to prove my point. Somebody bought me this that I haven't even opened. It's like a Christmas set of dishes. I would have rather had the gift card. That's terrible. For this. I know. That's what I'm saying. You don't need to personalize gifts. This was a personal, thoughtful thing that I just don't want yeah that's not a personalized give the like at least ads right. i get like okay you're from texas like that makes sense what like kurt just put in the chat his mom has that china set like what are we doing that's awesome. here that that you know what that is there somebody re-gifted you somebody re-gifted that to you for sure my aunt my aunt got it so i guess maybe it'll be a tradition with my daughter we'll start using these but right now she's gonna break it i didn't even take it out of the right. box it's gonna collect dust yeah this is ridiculous that's, that's brutal personalized <laughs> I told you. sorry to your aunt i told you <laughs> do some research before giving away these kinds of things like not just gift cards anybody could use anything plus when you get a gift card you do tend to use every dollar and then you overspend and spend some of your own money. Like studies show that that's why people. <laughs> that's so fast. That's why businesses. Yeah. I love businesses that. Give, I pro uh, gift, card. gift cards. Yeah. Cause you like spend $55 <laughs> instead of 50. So there you go. This is Bank 12 Daily presented by Ben MGM. Coming up next, Rick Camp of FTN and 4 for 4. We'll talk a little NBA right here on the Bank 12 Network.